My name is Michael Shikitano, and this is Right Here, Right Now, a podcast to inspire the learner inside each of us. In a world that is full of so much information, we will help find and package that information so that you can use it in your lives every day in practical ways. And in each episode, we will remind you of the importance of being present and mindful of your daily thoughts, actions, and interactions. It is truly the most vital step to learning and growth, being mindful and present right here, right now, to take on life's challenges and turn them into life's lessons. So come on this venture with us, a new beginning, a new journey that starts right here, right now. Welcome back, people. I am Michael Shikitano, and this is Right Here, Right Now, a brand new podcast where we remind you, help teach and show you that being present and practicing mindfulness is the only way to truly learn. And from learning comes growth, where we may even get to true transformation that lasts and positively impacts others. Now, I want to set the stage for what I'm going to discuss on today's episode. We won't be diving into any books today. I'm not sure any book has been written on the newness of the psychosocial landscape that has unfolded over the last few years. I am a healthcare worker on Long Island in New York, and I have worked at a community hospital for over 20 years. I actually now work at two community hospitals, twice the fun, and uh, I work with an amazing team of physical rehabilitation professionals. I can tell you that you would have to search pretty far to find a more committed and compassionate group of people. I was uh, just this past week, I was actually reflecting a bit about the first few weeks of the pandemic. I was reading through old meeting outlines and notes from the first few days and the first few weeks when the pandemic hit real hard here in New York, reflecting on the sheer and utter chaos that ensued within a few weeks' time and the uncertainty that was immensely felt, the fear. It was truly palpable like nothing we've ever experienced. And the isolation and remoteness of the healthcare worker was an extraordinary experience, one that is actually difficult to even describe. And no amount of experience or training that existed prior to 2020 truly helped to prepare the healthcare industry for the challenges that the healthcare worker faced. This discussion today, right here, right now, will likely resonate a bit more with my healthcare worker peers. And those not in healthcare must realize that there was a 
different level of suffering and emotional turmoil that was endured, some of which we continue to bear to this very day as we come upon year three of the pandemic. Today, we're going to speak about how our brains processed the emotions related to scarcity, the feeling of not getting what we need. Experiencing scarcity in the midst of the uncertainty that the pandemic presented has evoked emotions in all of us that we were not ready for. I mean emotions we could really never quite prepare ourselves to handle. Some of us are still trying to sort through the emotions that came through in dealing with unimaginable sickness and loss, disconnection, and loneliness, scarcity, to be honest, right? It was not all that common in the U.S. here for many Americans, right? The land of plenty. So it makes sense that we were hardly accustomed to experiencing the emotions that it evokes. And scarcity may have been something we were most familiar with when a particular Black Friday deal was gone before we got our hands on it, or maybe you experienced the all-too-familiar feeling of fear of missing out, right? FOMO, the fear of missing out on a social event, seen in your friend's feed, something like that. But this this was so different. This was serious and long-lasting and global in its reach. This was sudden, unexpected, and it appears that the way some of us are handling the emotions day to day, even today, is not getting much better. And preparing to talk a little bit about this, I come to learn that scarcity is much more an economic term than a term that we hear when dealing with the psychology of society in general. And this is what you might read if you just happen to Google the term scarcity. I got this from National Geographic. It's website, believe it or not. It says, one of the defining features of economics is scarcity, which deals with how people satisfy unlimited wants and needs with limited resources. Scarcity affects the monetary value people place on goods and services and how governments and private firms decide to distribute resources. I believe that the scarcity that led to the feeling, right, the feeling of not having enough or not getting what we needed was far too complex for our minds, our minds to adapt to. Forget about how we tried to manage our wallets and stock up through the imbalance of supply and demand. So maybe 
we didn't adapt. Maybe we just pushed through. Maybe we ignored the emotions. We forced ourselves to think that this is temporary and forced our minds to look too far ahead past the suffering. I'm talking about all of the scarcity, scarcity of goods, products, and services, but also the missing out on the emotions, the people, the events, the milestones, the connections, and the emotional turbulence it left in its wake, all of it in short supply and excess demand. The imbalance caused by supply chain issues and social distancing and mask mandates, the lockdowns, the political upheaval, and devastating loss after devastating loss. In fact, when we needed to connect with people the most, we were not able to, right? We were not able to connect in the usual way we had prior to being locked down and torn apart. And that made the imbalance in favor of scarcity more real and I think had a greater psychological impact on so many of us. An impact we may not even have come yet to appreciate. We have again, likely for the first time in our lives, experience the uncertain feeling of not knowing if we might be able to get our hands or our hearts on something that we so badly needed. It may have been hand sanitizer or masks or the full complement of PPE so early on. And then after, right, the first few months of the two-week shutdown, we realized it was the connections with others that was running scarce. And of course, the healthcare worker, especially in New York, especially so early on, we may have been too busy to realize this. Our world has changed and we have changed. But I'm not sure that we have accepted these two realities or that we even know to what extent how these changes would align into a new way of experiencing the world and responding emotionally to a new world we live in. If we're not able to really understand, if we are not used to the experience of scarcity, how could we possibly be able to know how we would normally respond emotionally to the experience? How would we know? Sounds like a good time for some deep reflection and hence, right? Paying closer attention to how we feel right here, right now, Instead of running or suppressing or worse, convincing ourselves that we are fine or that we will be fine. And today I would like to reflect on one of the greatest scarcities that I personally felt 
from March of 2020 through this very moment. The scarcity that hit me the hardest, you might imagine, right, was not in the material items that were absent on the empty store shelves, though. That absolutely changed who we are and how we behaved when it came to being consumers. But the thing that I missed the most over the last two years was something we may have taken for granted for most of our lives. We likely saw them every day. Maybe we glossed over how they made us feel. We felt it for sure, but maybe we just did not notice. We were not mindfully present of the experience that we shared with another human being. And we may not have noticed their impact until they were absent or far too scarce. Of course, I am talking about our smiles. Such a powerful signal for both the sender and the receiver of this simple gesture. Whether it came from an old friend or a stranger in the store, the smiles were impactful. A smile says so much. It does so much with so little effort. Just think of what the smile might communicate to you at any given moment in any given situation if you are mindfully present in that moment. And I think that smiling or seeing a smile can change the trajectory of the moment and build a human connection that may otherwise be missed. And we know that smiles are truly contagious and the feelings that they evoke, they often make the situation easier to manage and quite possibly turn stressful situations into positive and more bearable situations. And the scarcity of smiles, right, They it came for various reasons during this pandemic. First, obviously, we have been behind a mask for the better part of the last two years, especially for the healthcare industry that worked in person with a mask mandate that began two years ago. And second, maybe it was just too difficult to muster up the energy or find the right situation where a smile seemed appropriate, mask or no mask. So we missed the smiles that were there, hidden and difficult to read even through the most robust smiling eyes that we have seen. And we missed opportunities that we could have smiled a bit more naturally, a bit more powerfully, if we had the energy or the mindset to brave a smile and missing out on the smiles the scarcity of the smiles really made me think about how we must appreciate the little things more in the moments that we are experiencing them. But, and it's tough, right? 
How can we do this without having to wait until we go without for so long? This feeling forced me to think about what else is staring us in the face right here, right now, that we might be missing out on by not being by not being mindfully present, missing out on experiences and products or services that we have always taken for granted has certainly helped some of us to try to be more appreciative of the little things. So much of this is about paying attention to these little things right here, right now. So maybe the best way to avoid experiencing the emotions that are going along with scarcity is to have a daily practice of gratitude, having a grateful attitude, right? The simple, specific things that you notice and are grateful that you experienced, falling leaves, blooming flowers, or the sound of the wind, or short walk in the brisk cold air, or hopefully with a warm spring breeze in your face, all of it. And it may sound paradoxical that noticing and appreciating something more often would prevent one from feeling the void when it is missing. But it's really not how it works, right? We can become more grateful for what we have, what we experience in spite of its fragility. And now, maybe even because of its fragility, understanding better now how quickly it can be taken from us. Maybe its power comes from letting go of the control we think we have in having enough, whatever that is. We're thinking that stocking up on gratitude and feeling that having more than enough makes us believe that having plenty will somehow overcome losses yet to come. And leveling up on material items or positive emotional experience doesn't make us invincible or even less susceptible to suffering. It may even delude us into thinking that we are in control and that we do have enough. Being genuinely grateful should allow for us to realize the impermanence of all things, good and bad. The impossibility of lasting satisfaction That's what the Buddhist teachings portray, the impossibility of lasting satisfaction. So when good things come or bad things come or nothing comes, let us be grateful for that moment in that moment. And even with suffering and loss, There is a lesson to be learned, something good to come from it if we only look for it. The blessings that we experience, the person, the connection, the achievement, the loss, the challenge, the smile, all the smiles, right? And that more of it all will come. And 
we never seem to realize this profound truth as we hustle through life. Stop. Right? Just stop. When we are so abundantly present in the moment, the good or the bad, we must know, we must remind ourselves that, as my mom so often reminded me, this too shall pass. Thank you again for joining us, and I hope you enjoyed and have learned a little more about the impact of being present. Maybe you can take some time to reflect and how living in the moment is the only way to live a life of passion and gratitude, of learning and growing, and the only place and time to do that is right here, right now. See you next time, guys. Join us next time, people, as we talk new beginnings. It is the season of Easter and spring is in the air. We will talk a little bit about how we can think about the path we take on this journey of life and make it a little easier to learn from the challenges that we know we will face, about how each day can be a new beginning on our destined paths in life as we learn and grow from the challenges we face. A new beginning that requires a new mindset in dealing with our challenges along our journey. A new beginning that starts right here, right now. Be present and be mindful, people. See you next time. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time, right here, right now.